said, the world's going to die. You know, the world, the earth. It's going to be over. I said, well, I never lied to you. You see, I can explain sex in a minute, but death, I can't explain. Wanting to die. Death, I can't explain. Death, I can't explain. Wanting to die. Since you ask, most days I cannot remember. I walk in my clothing, unmarked by that voyage. Then the almost unnameable lust returns. Even then I have nothing against life. I know well the grass blades you mention, the furniture you have placed under the sun. But suicides have a special language. Like carpenters, they want to know which tools. They never ask why build. Twice I have so simply declared myself, have possessed the enemy, eaten the enemy, have taken on his craft, his magic, in this way, heavy and thoughtful, warmer than oil or water, I have rested drooling at the mouth hole. I did not think of my body at needlepoint. Even the cornea and the leftover urine were gone. Suicides have already betrayed the body. Stillborn, they don't always die, but dazzled, they can't forget a drug so sweet that even children would look on and smile. To thrust all that life under your tongue, that all by itself becomes a passion. Death's a sad bone, bruised, you'd say. And yet she waits for me year after year to so delicately undo an old wound, to empty my breath from its bad prison balance there. Suicides sometimes meet, raging at the fruit, a pumped up moon, leaving the bread they mistook for a kiss, leaving the page of the book carelessly open, something unsaid, the phone off the hook, and the love, whatever it was, an infection. What is reality? Ladies and gentlemen, and sex. This is a monthly audio newsletter, mostly about nothing. This is a monthly audio newsletter, mostly about nothing. I am your host, Matt Booker. I am speaking to you from Austin, Texas. I am your host, Matt Booker. What is reality? This is a monthly audio newsletter, mostly about the poet, Anne Sexton. I'm your host, Matt Booker. This is my newsletter in audio form. I have been her kind. I had a nervous breakdown. And after it, you know, I said, oh, I kept saying, I'm so dumb, I can't do anything. My mother was a very brilliant woman. And my psychiatrist suggested that uh, I watch Channel 2. You have an educational te uh, television there. Why don't you look at it? So I did, and I.A. Richards was uh, explaining the form of a sonnet. And I thought, oh, so that's a sonnet. So I sat down and tried to write one. It was a pretty bad thing. And that just turned me on. And then I, you know, turned on and wrote like mad. You know, I used to stay up to stay at this desk. First, it was a card table, because I didn't think I was the poet. When I put a desk, it was in our dining room. Then. I had no place to work like this lovely place. 
I don't think it was a mess we could never entertain. Papers, books, everything. Then I put up some bookshelves and everything was tentative. But uh, I used to stay here from, well, every minute that I wasn't taking care of the kids until three in the morning. I'd drag upstairs and then get up at six, take care of the kids. Working and working and working on a poem that, you know, was no good, of course, but I had to learn that one. There's one poem that I wrote in Working and working and working was one poem in this manuscript that is an old poem that I wouldn't give up. And I, and it says June, let's say, that's October. It's an old poem and I wouldn't let go of it. This one is self in 1958. This is that poem, only now I know how to write it a little bit better. It still has the same simplicity. It was written in a very simple style, but I've, it's rather a good defining poem of me. Working and working and working. A confessional poet, a suicide, a troubled soul. She was encouraged to write poetry as part of her therapy. In therapy, Anne Sexton suffered from two major problems. The first was catatonia. The second was amnesia. What is reality? Working and working and working for which she received the Pulitzer Prize, Transformations, 1971, The Death Notebooks. Mrs. Sexton is a native of Massachusetts and has many special friends here. A teacher, too, at Boston University. Anne Sexton was born in Newton, Massachusetts in 1928. It is a very, very great pleasure for me to present this exciting artist to Bedlam and Portway back in 1960. It's been in many anthologies. Very, very great pleasure for me to present this exciting artist. Live or die, 67. Here's the manuscript. See how my dog ate it. Ladies and gentlemen, and The record speaks for itself, and I need say only, here is Anne Sexton. Ladies and gentlemen, Anne Sexton. I'd like to start in a strange way, two strange ways. I'd like to quote John F. Kennedy's unsaid words. The speech, of course, was given to the press in advance in Dallas, 1963. He said, Unless the Lord keepeth the city, the watchman guardeth in vain. The watchman guardeth in vain. I have gone out zest which haunting the black air braver at night dreaming evil I have done my hitch over the plain houses light by light lonely thing twelve fingered out of mind a woman like that is not a woman quiet I 
have been her kind. I have found the warm caves in the woods, filled them with skillets, carving shelves, closets, silks, innumerable goods. Fixed the suppers for the worms and the elves, whining, rearranging the disaligned. A woman like that is misunderstood. I have been her kind. I have ridden in your cart, driver, waved my nude arms at villages going by, learning the last bright roots. Survivor, where your flames still bite my thigh, and my ribs crack where your wheels wind. A woman like that is not ashamed to die. I have been her kind. Now for a while I'm going to have to be serious. What I want to say, Linda is that there is nothing in your body that lies. All that is new is telling the truth. I'm here at somebody else, an old tree in the background. Darling, stand still at your door, sure of yourself, a white stone, a good stone. As exceptional as laughter, you will strike fire that new thing. When I can make a sound like this, this is totally a... cracked and crazy as it is. Listen to that voice. And with those clumsy words, I must try to make a... can't. That's a voice like a flute, you know or a songbird, or... I don't mean to sound... It's the way I feel, really, inside. Silly. I mean, I feel ashamed of it, even. And this damn typewriter, all it gives me is words. Don't do that to me. They don't make me cry the way that does. Makes me cry. like something I've lost. There's something in that that I've lost and that I can't find. So it has come to this. I feel like it's a lucky omen and this is different approach. Insomnia at 3.15 a.m., the clock tolling its engine like a frog following a sundial, yet having an electric seizure at the quarter hour. The business of words keeps me awake.
I would like a simple life, yet all night I am laying poems away in a long box. It is my immortality box, my layaway plan, my coffin. He wants to light a kitchen match and immolate himself. He wants to take bread and wine and bring forth a man happily floating in the Caribbean. He wants to die. He wants. I want. Dear God, wouldn't it? Because uh, unfortunately I'm uh, taken to it. They tell me this is my best poem. And when they tell me, so what do I do? I, I say, it's my best poem. But I'll tell you, there were 300 versions. And it's a short lyric. And I worked like hell. But I worked to get the truth. That's what you work for, to get at the truth. And the truth is in the title. In it, I refuse the rites and celebration of the dead for the rites and celebration of the body. The truth the dead know for my mother born March 1902, died March 1959. And my father, born February 1900, died June 1959. Gone, I say, and walk from church, refusing the stiff procession to the grave, letting the dead ride alone in the hearse. It is June. I am tired of being brave. We drive to the Cape. I cultivate myself where the sun gutters from the sky, where the sea swings in like an iron gate, and we touch. In another country, people die. My darling, the wind falls in like stones from the white-hearted water, and when we touch, we enter touch entirely. No one's alone. Men kill for this or for as much. And what of the dead? They lie without shoes in their stone boats. They are more like stone than the sea would be if it stopped. They refuse to be blessed, throat, eye, and knuckle bone. I 
was formerly known as the Poet of Madness. This is impossible. All that jazz bomb. And this is the way they ring the bells in Bedlam. And this is the bell lady who comes each Tuesday morning to give us a music lesson. And because the attendants make you go, and because we mind by instinct like bees caught in the wrong hive, we are the circle of the crazy ladies who sit in the lounge of the mental house and smile at the smiling woman who passes us each a bell. Who points at my hand that holds my bell, E flat. And this is the gray dress next to me who grumbles as if it were special to be old, to be old. And this is the small hunched squirrel girl on the other side of me who picks at the hairs over her lip, who picks at the hairs over her lip all day. And this is how the bells really sound, as untroubled and workable as untroubled and clean as a workable kitchen. And this is always my bell responding to my hand that responds to the lady who points at me, E-flat. And although we are no better for it, they tell you to go. And you do. We haven't gone very long. How is the sound? Could you give me a little feedback on I'd like to read this long poem. I haven't, I haven't read it in, I must have been about 1880. Uh, Why not? Now I wrote a book about uh, the Brothers Grimm and I'd like to read to you Little Red Riding Hood and Cinderella and all of that because I know you'd be happy because you know the story, but I have to read this unfamiliar story because there's a word in it I like to say. Dingo sweet. Excuse my vulgarity. I wish no insult to anyone. Dingo sweet. Dingo sweet. Crrr, crrr. Dingo sweet, crrr, crrr, dingo I knew you forever and you were always old, soft white lady of my heart. One Wednesday in November you watched a balloon painted like a silver bowl float up over the forum, up over the lost emperors to shiver its little modern cage in a cage in an occasional breeze. 
You worked your New England conscience out beside artisans, chestnut vendors, and the devout. Tonight, I will learn to love you twice. Learn your first days, your mid-Victorian face. Tonight, I will speak up and interrupt your letters, warning you that wars are coming, that the Count will die, that you will accept your America back to live like a prim thing on the farm in Maine. I tell you, you will come here to the suburbs of Boston to see the blue-nosed world go drunk each night, to see the handsome children jitterbug, to feel your left ear close one Friday at symphony. And I tell you, you will tip your boot feet out of that hall, rocking from its sour sound out onto the crowded street, letting your spectacles fall and your hairnet tangle as you stop passers-by to mumble your guilty love while your ears die. Why not? You see, I mean, after all, I've got to get my kicks too, don't I? What is Dingo Sweet? Dingo Sweet? is an image for sexual intercourse. Dingo sweet. Dingo sweet. Well, we've got to be a little comic in these times. These are bad enough times without a little laughter. How is the sound? Could you give me a little feedback? on? Maybe I'm too loud. Am I a little bit too loud? No. Can you hear me? Anne Sexton, American poet, writes, I was born in Newton, Massachusetts, and I spent most of my life on the coast of Maine. What I want to say, Linda, is that women are born twice. Oh, little girl. My string pea, how do you grow? You grow this way. You are too many to eat. What I want to say, Linda, is that there is nothing in your body that lies. All that is new is telling the truth. I'm here at somebody else. 
an old tree in the background. Darling, stand still at your door, sure of yourself, a white stone, a good stone. As exceptional as laughter, you will strike fire, that new thing. When I can make a sound like this, this is totally a cracked and crazy as it is. Listen to that voice. And with those clumsy words, I must try to make it. I can't. That's a voice like a flute, you know, or a songbird, or... I don't mean to sound... It's the way I feel, really, inside. Silly. I mean, I feel ashamed of it, even. And this damn typewriter, all it gives me is words. Don't do that to me. They don't make me cry the way that does. It makes me cry. I like something I've lost. There's something in that that I've lost and that I can't find. Haunting the black air, braver at night, dreaming evil. I have done my hitch over the plain houses, life by life. Lonely thing, twelve-fingered, out of mind. A woman like that is not a woman quite. I have been her kind. I have found the warm caves in the woods, filled them with skillets, carvings, shelves, closets, silks, innumerable goods, Fixed the suppers for the worms and the elves, whining, rearranging the disallowed. A woman like that is misunderstood. I have been her kind. I have ridden in your cart, driver, waved my nude arms at villages going by, learning the last bright roots, survivor where your flames still bite my thigh. And my ribs crack where your wheels whine. A woman like that is not ashamed to die. I have been her kind.
This has been a monthly audio newsletter, mostly about the poet and sexton. I am your host Matt Booker. Thank you for tuning in. Sweet.